0: Hey, everybody, before we get into the podcast, we have a special announcement to make. Special announcement. (laughs) We're going to be out in public again. I'm so excited. For the first time in like years, we're going to be at Anime Dallas.
1: Conventions are happening again, and we will be there.
0: Anime Dallas 2021 is happening November 12th through November 14th at the Hyatt Regency Hotel DFW by the airport. Anime Dallas is one of
1: the coolest conventions. We were there the last time it was available to the public, and we will be there again this
0: year. So check it out. We're going to be hosting three panels, three panels out there at Anime Dallas. So we want to see you guys out there front and center. Yes. Participating with us, and it'll be so much fun. Be sure to follow us
1: on all our socials at Assuming Pod. And if you want to check out Anime Dallas, go to AnimeDallas.com. We'll see you there.
0: Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring two guys high-fiving with words, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast, Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast is my favorite, where I get to sit back, relax, and kick up my feet while Mikey does all the hard work. (laughs) It's Nerd Alerts. Nerd Alerts, Nerd Alerts, Nerd Alerts. For November.
1: For November. We were too busy with spooky season, so we didn't get too much. Well, there was news in October, and I have some headlines from there, but we're calling this the November Nerd Alerts.
0: November Nerd Alerts. Nerd, 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 nerd. Alliteration. Nice alliteration.
1: Nerd, 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 nerd. Nerd
0: alerts. Nerd alerts. Oh, are you making it like... Nerd, nerd, nerd. Nerd, 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 Alert.
1: nerd, 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 alerts. Which yeah. is
0: funny. It's if you're super nerdy, they're going to be like, what are they doing?
1: <laughs> it's a sports thing. You wouldn't get it. No, I'm just kidding. You probably do get it. Nerds are pretty versatile these
0: days. Yeah, they better. They should be. Why not? We are.
1: So, there's fun things all over the place. Uh But as always... What I like to do at the top of Nerd Alerts is get into a little bit of trailer talk because yes. there was a couple in October, there's a couple that just came out. And the biggest one I'm going to start off with a bang is that coming December 29th, exclusive to Disney Plus, the book of Boba Fett.
0: Book of Boba Fett.
1: The book of Boba Fett. Tamara Morrison is back. Yes. And I think the thing that this sort of, like, I loved him in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. we've gone over that on the podcast. The thing I love about this trailer and this sort of the, what they're setting up is. He's the perfect age and like maturity of character to be doing the storyline. I think they're setting up.
0: Yes, it looks like they're finally doing the underworld thing. Yes, that they've always been talking about. Mm-hmm. They, as in Lucasfilm, I guess. I don't know if Lucas talked about it directly. I don't know if it's just been in the the fandom. I don't know if it's just been in like the Star Wars magazines. I don't know, but it's been out there. Yes. I know they tried to do an underworld video game that never got off the ground. That's true. I think they like started it and they had a lot. I mean, I think they got pretty far in it, and I then it. the plug got pulled on it. So we had to settle for the underworld stuff that was the Knights of the Old Republic. Yep. But people have been itching for this because there's that whole like you know when you play the X-wing tabletop game. Yes. There's three factions. There's rebels, empires, and then there's the third faction, which is like the scoundrel underworld faction. The hive of scum and villainy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And we get to see uh, at least
1: a fair chunk of the representatives of that hive in the trailer. There's Mm. so many creatures and monsters and aliens. I love the seediness of it. I love the whole bounty hunter, even though he says, I'm not a bounty hunter, right at the start of the trailer. I love that whole world because it's so, like, it's not just British Empire people in uniforms or... Uh, Jedi in robe, sitting around talking politics. This is like a mafioso fight for power. Mm -hmm. And Boba Fett's the new godfather, and he's coming into town. He's got Fennec Shand, you know, as his Mm right-hand woman, Mm -hmm. who looks awesome, as always. Mm -hmm. And now they're going around being like, hey, either get on board, or we'll kick you off board into the Sarlacc pit.
0: Yeah, or something. It's weird. It's There's a whole little bit where Fennec is like, If you said that to the previous master, he'd be feeding you to his menagerie. Which I think means the menagerie is still around. Yeah. It's like, it could be an option if you so choose. But then Boba Fett's like, let let him talk. It's very, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see what kind of, like, Mob, he's going to be like a mob boss. It's that's in a, what are they going for here? Is he going to be like a Capone one? Is he going to be a Tony Soprano one? That's it. Is this going to be Soprano Star Wars? That's why it's set up at the top is that he's like
1: the perfect age to fill this role as like an incoming mafioso. He's battled and hardened. So does that mean he knows what it takes to like rule with power hmm. and like be the. Bounty hunter that he's always wanted to be, or is he like now seeing the error of how Hut and evil people have done things and he's trying to clean up the underworld? Yeah, as like the old veteran that knows how to get the job done. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Kind of interesting. The only really complaint I had about the trailer was that last line. It's a great line. He said, you know, speak freely, but he started it off with such a casual, he's like, hey, speak freely. I'm like, would Boba Fett say hey? But that's (laughs) nitpicky and unnecessary. (laughs) But the other trailer that came out uh, last week. Mm -hmm. Was also Disney. This is Disney Pixar, and it is the Lightyear trailer. Mm -hmm. For release in June 2022, it is the origin story
0: of Buzz Lightyear. So, do you want to know the cool way I found out about this? Always. I found out about it from my old college roommate, Dylan. Shout out, Dylan. What's up, Dylan? Who just happens to work for Pixar and worked on this movie.
1: That's awesome. Shout out to you, Dylan, again.
0: Yeah, so he just... Posted the trailer up on his Facebook and was like, we made a thing. Ooh, nice. That's a good way to do it. Then I watched it. So is he part of the animation team, do you know? Or is he like... Yeah, he's like... Uh, his title is something that I don't understand. <laughs> but yep. yes, he is, he is a computer artist.
1: I'll, I'll look for his name in the credits. I love doing that. Yeah. But like we said, it is the origin of Buzz Lightyear because they even hinted at it in the original Toy Story movie that the action figure was based on a real guy. Mm-hmm. And I get that, but no no shade at you, Dylan. I'm sure it's going to be a fun movie. This seems like it's way too futuristic to be the origin story for something from
0: Toy Story. Right. So this was discussed in his Facebook thread. Oh really? Oh, okay. So, there's two ways you can do it. I love it. So, the first way is is that in the Toy Story world, where Andy lived. Yes. There was a very popular movie, a live action movie. Because if you notice, the people in this look like the people in Toy Story. True. A live action movie that was this Lightyear movie. Gotcha. And then the Buzz Lightyear toy is a toy from that movie. The cartoon is a cartoon based off that movie because you know how they do that. Gotcha. So the original thing is supposed to be the movie. And not like a based on a real-life event of Balls, Aldrin, Buzz Lightyear type stuff. Or you could flip it around the other way where there was a Buzz Lightyear cartoon Mm -hmm. that was popular that had a toy made for it, which was Buzz Lightyear and Toy Story. Yes. And then a Hollywood producer said, (laughs) let's reboot that cartoon with a live-action movie. All of that's real-world stuff. So that's the two things that was in that third. He never said anything about it actually being like a person i got who you did something i got you
1: well that's interesting to hear that i'm not like i wasn't the only one that had that sort of thought and it's cool that there are you know there are two possible ways that they could narratively justify
0: yeah it. but th- but because he actually works for pixar and he said you could go either way means that they didn't care got you, you see what i'm saying yeah. yeah they just want to tell the buzz light your story yeah there's just they're like wouldn't it be cool if live action buzz Lightyear? here i got you And then that also kind of helps wash away the controversy of that it's a different voice actor.
1: Yes. It's Chris Evans this time as opposed to Tom Hanks.
0: No, Tom Hanks was Woody.
1: Yes, Tom Hanks was Woody. Who was the other guy? Tim Allen. Yes. Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear, but this time it's Chris Evans.
0: Yes. So, and a lot of people are like, what's going on? And they're like, well, Tim Allen was the actor who did the cartoon voice for Buzz Lightyear. So it was the toys voice as well. There you go but not the guy who did the, cause it cuz it makes so much sense. I mean, how many movies yes. that aren't really for kids, but could kind of be for kids, have a cartoon made of them? There you go. You know like think Ghostbusters had the movie mm-hmm. and then there was a Ghostbusters cartoon. Yeah. And, it, and the people who did the voices in it weren't those actors because those were huge Hollywood actors. How many different voices have been Batman and actors? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, it makes sense. I'm totally down.
1: Uh I was like just speculating purely based off the trailer alone that this almost could have been. It seems like it almost could have been Disney Pixar doing a just a hard sci-fi animated movie mm-hmm. along the lines of like an Atlantis or a Titan A.E. or Treasure Planet. That's more of a one-off, but they probably didn't think they could sell it, so had to attach it like reboots do to a property that people mm-hmm. are already familiar with. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's any truth to that. That's kind of the feeling I got from it. But yeah. either way, it looks super sci-fi. Looks super
0: fun. Yeah,
1: I'm a big fan of Toy Story and Buzz Lightyear, so
0: I'll I'll be tuning in. Yeah, I'm just going to have to see it so I can find Dylan's name written in the there you credits. Go. Reach out to him and be like, tell us everything about this movie. I can. I, hey, Maybe I shot. should reach
1: out and see if we can get him on the pod. There you go. That'd be fun. Uh, other trailers, just for funsies, there's the Uncharted trailer with yes. Tom Hollins. Yeah. The Uncharted trailer. And they put out the full final Batman, the Batman trailer coming out March of 2022.
0: Yes. Yeah. And uh, either of those strike your fancy? Well, you know, I I played one of the Uncharteds and it was fun enough. Um that style of video game isn't my favoritist. I got you. But it was fun. It was one of those things where I just wanted to try it to see if I got it and I get it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not that attached to it, but I do like Tom Holland and feel it, feel it is in there too. <laughs> Marky Mark which I think a lot of people have a problem with because I guess that character's older in the... But this is supposed to be like an origin story anyway, so I think that he's yeah. supposed to, like, quote-unquote, get older, I that, guess.
1: That is the justification for it, and yeah. there was a lot of hubbub around, oh, why is it Tom Holland and not Nathan Fillion, who was always in yeah. the running, because, like, that spitting image for right. a video game character to face. Yeah. But if they are going to do this for... I mean, there's four Uncharted games, so four Uncharted movies, that's eight years of filming. Yeah. What's Tom Holland gonna to look like in eight years? Probably a whole lot closer to Nathan Drake than you think.
0: Yeah. I you know, I have no problem. I like Tom Holland. He just seems like a good guy.
1: Absolutely. And um, he keeps getting work, so he must be good to work with.
0: Yeah. So I'll see it. It looks like it might be it might be a fun ride, you know. And then uh the Batman, oh geez. DC's doubling down. I'm like, we're not we're not gonna have any fun at all. I mean it'll be fun, but like not in the fun fun. Yeah. It looks Dark and brooding and gothic and
1: I will say there is an interesting balance in at least with the trailer show. It does seem like they're going for the middle ground between it does have some of the comic bookness of the Tim Burton movies as far as like the clown gangs and like things blowing up comic book style mm-hmm. mixed with the grittiness that you got from the Nolan trilogy. But it seemed like every time they tried to do something really comic book movie style in Nolan's universe, it was always a little janky. Like, you know, I love those Batman movies, but it was a hard, serious, realistic Batman. So I think this might be the middle ground. Yes, it is dark and brooding, but I think that's more just because it's Batman. My parents are dead. I'm sad. Mm -hmm.
0: I did like how it started off with a nod to the Edward Hopper painting.
1: Yeah. Sitting in the diner. Yeah. I was like, oh, look at that. Look at what
0: they're doing right there.
1: And they're showing Riddler, but that's the only time you see Riddler, as that villain should be. He should be a mystery. He should be an enigma. As opposed to the Jim Carrey Riddler, he was like in every scene of the trailer, be like, hey, you know Jim Carrey? You like the Riddler? Here you go.
0: Wasn't there, that was, what there was, you know the Jim Carrey story? The, like, him and Tommy Lee Jones and the Riddler and stuff? Yeah, for Batman Forever. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, like Tommy Lee Jones can't stand Jim Carrey? Really, I don't know that. And like Jim Carrey tells a story, you, you can find it out there. Well, he literally tells a story of seeing Tommy Lee Jones like out in a like in a restaurant or something, uh-huh. and like coming up to say hi to him. And Tommy Lee Jones basically tells him like, "I don't like the way you are." Oh wow! Basically, Ugh. like it was. It's like he thinks he's a buffoon and has no respect for the way he. I don't know what happened on that set. I get it. Something must have happened. Something must have happened.
1: Yeah. But I can imagine if really your only exposure to Jim Carrey is his version of the Riddler all day, every day for six months straight, that's going to be a little much.
0: Right. And the fact that it seems like Jim Carrey likes to kind of method act and inhabit the role. So he was probably the Riddler the whole time. The whole time. At least that turned up to 11, like that attitude personality. Tommy Lee Jones is a grumpy Texas guy. So (laughs) I can see how he'd be like...
1: Uh, I, I got no time for you. Yeah. <laughs> like, we made a movie. Godspeed. <laughs> I'll see you later. That that That's
0: fitting for both parties. Yes, I know.
1: It's just like, I mean, and I. Yeah, I know. We're, we're really movie. positive people. <laughs> we like everyone
0: to get along, but sometimes people don't. I blame Joel Schumacher. That's who I blame. Yeah, probably.
1: He put nipples on a bat You <laughs> <laughs> can't do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know. Hey. They, 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 I think that he defended it by saying he was trying to be like the Greek... Armor, the Greek armor that would look like. See, I learned that way too late. but I mean, (laughs) really? I mean, (laughs) yeah.
1: That leads me perfectly into a couple of points and headlines I have about movie news because there are so many silly little bits about movie news in the headlines for the last couple weeks. The first one being is that they're making another Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay.
0: (laughs) We keep banging on the quit. With the video game movies drum because they've never done it. True. We always say it over and over again. Yeah. We can't. We can't think of one, and none of you have written in to tell us what the one is. So we're gonna keep thinking we're right. Yeah. We're, gonna keep we have, we're. We have no evidence to suggest otherwise. They've never done a video game movie that's any good. Never. Maybe a little good, but any good?
1: And speaking specifically of Super Mario Brothers, they tried '93. Nineteen ninety three, many moon ago, to do a live action Super oh, yeah. Mario Brothers, and it's considered one of like the worst video game live action movies ever. Yeah, it's got weird Goombas. It's got Dennis Hopper as Koopa.
0: It's got John Leguizamo as Luigi. Oh, so, so bad. Uh, it's it's a fun bad watch, but it's still a bad watch. It's very bad. And here, I'm going to, again, we're going to go through, Wreck-It-Ralph doesn't count because there really wasn't a Wreck-It-Ralph game. I know there's video games in there, but there wasn't a Wreck-It-Ralph game first. And then The Witcher, don't go, the Witcher was a book
1: first.
0: (laughs) So don't, you can't do that either. I will
1: say the, like, I I probably mentioned this in in the guesses earlier, but Resident Evil are fun movies, but I don't think they have anything to do with like what they did in the storyline as far as the video game. So I think it's just title property only. Right.
0: I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense because there's so many things that you could just do that kind of Resident Evil thing to. Yeah. You could do like some cool special operations unit movie and then just call it like, you know, Rainbow Six. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Because whatever it all it just has to exist in that world i know there's been tons of those type of movies but i don't know they're always trying to take these like fps games or where the characters are so solid in the game yeah and you can't you can't do that
1: they even tried doom which on paper is the easiest one to like make live action it's like oh the super soldier goes to hell and fights demons It's like cool then you
0: get what we got, <laughs> which was Doom. Like, where does where does that disconnect happen? Why is it always for video games? I don't understand. You know what though? Here's my hope. My hope is is that because we're starting to get the nerds into the like the old nerds, the old Star Wars nerds, the old D D nerds. Yep. they're starting to get. Of the right age in Hollywood to control things. So we're starting to get cool stuff along that lane. I get That you. involve fantasy stuff, that involve Star Wars sci-fi stuff, right? I have a feeling, I hope, that in the next 10 or 20 years, all the kids who just were infused in video games yep. will have enough power in Hollywood to get it. You know what I mean?
1: And they've grown up like us where they've seen examples where
0: they try and they know what not to do. Exactly. I think that's the thing. Because think about how superhero movies were so bad for so long and then you finally start getting these people in Hollywood that really grew up with comic book collections. Yes. And loving the comics and Mm -hmm. knowing them inside and out. And suddenly we got good comic book movies. That's it. And I think the same thing's going to happen with video games cuz I think before it was just like, hey, what's popular? This Superman? <laughs> this this who the this guy over here, This Spider-Man, let's let's make a movie with that. And then the same thing was happening in the 90s and yep. the early 2000s was like, hey, what's popular? Oh, that uh that Super Mario, let's make a movie of that, you know. And it's just yeah, Spider-Man, he's always cool, right?
1: Let's do another Spider-Man. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do think there is still some studio shenanigans involved in the new Super Mario movie, because for the subcast, we have uh, Anna Taylor-Joy from The Queen's Gambit. Oh, she's great. She's going to be pre- voicing Princess Peach.
0: Oh, so this is this an animated thing? Yes. Okay, so, we'll see that. A little bit better. It's a little bit better, and the, a lot of the animated stuff can get away with a lot more. I thought it was going to be live action.
1: Um, this, it, it is animated, so that's okay. good. Well. My qualm with that is, like, what story are you going to tell that the video games haven't? Because the this heaviest story games for Mario have been Odyssey and Galaxy, both excellent games, but it's a self-contained story that still serves what you're doing with buttons and characters rather mm-hmm. than, like, oh, it's the origin of Mario. Like, mm-hmm. you know Mario's a plumber. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> but like I said, we got the voices of Anna Taylor-Joy from Queen's Gambit as Princess Peach, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, comedian Hegan Michael Key as Toad, uh, there's also mention of Charlie Day, Jack Black, and Fred Armisen being involved. But mm-hmm. the internet got into a tizzy because the voice of Mario is going to be Chris Pratt. Okay. And not a toasted vermin.
0: I'm saying Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Pratt is Mario? What? I mean, how much does Mario ever... Like, all I can think of is, it's-a-me. It's-a-me.
1: Wow! Whoa, whoa. <laughs> That's it. Every <laughs>
0: time he jumps, he makes a noise. I can't... I mean... Who are they supposed to get? Some like Italian guy? It would be
1: hilarious if they gave Mario in the movie the same amount of dialogue that they that he gets in the video games. Uh-huh. Because people would be so mad, like people are mad that it's Chris Pratt for some reason. I like you know, from Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in the Lego movie, so you know he can do voice work. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He was Emmett. He was Emmett. He was also in uh, Pixar's Onward as the, the yeah, Orc yeah, yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, So he can do the voice work, but it'd be hilarious if they only gave him the three lines, like he just shows up in the movie. He's like, It's a me! <laughs>
0: But can he do that? I don't know. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't really. This. <laughs> I'm really not 100 percent interested in this at all. <laughs> that, really, that's I mean, fair. it's like fair. it's like okay. I <laughs> mean, now that I know, it's, at first I was like, I thought they were doing live action stuff, and that's why everyone was so mad. Yeah, because it's like he doesn't look like Mario at all. <laughs> but it's just a voice. Who gives a hoot? Unless uh, you want, uh, I mean, I'm half Italian. I could give it. I could care. There you go. I mean, what do you want to get in there? Like Leonardo DiCaprio because he's Italian. There you go. I don't know which Italian actor I would pick to be Mario. Would, would you have to get an actual dude from Italy? There you go. Who was that guy who did the who won the Oscar who climbed across the chairs back in the day?
1: Oh, uh, the director of Life is Beautiful. Yeah. Or whatever his name is. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I am so happy to be here <laughs> and thank you for loving yeah. my, Yeah, that guy.
0: You yeah, get that guy. He's a me, this is Mario.
1: Buna I don't. know. yeah, super Italian. <laughs> yeah, make him be Mario. I don't know, but like I'm kind of with you. I love Mario. I love the people that they've hired to do voice acting. I really can't find what the hook is for this. What yeah. are they gonna do? I don't know. So I'm. I, it's. I guess it's morbid curiosity as opposed to near curiosity.
0: So. And it's so strange to me because there's so many things. Some of the reason why some video game stuff doesn't work and why, like you said, Doom should have worked because it's so like any other action movie, really. Yeah, yeah. Is that Mario has all these weird mechanics that just don't make any sense other than in a video game. Yes. Like hitting boxes with your head to make (laughs) coins and stuff come out. That's it. And, you know. and riding tiny little dinosaurs that eat fruit. Right. Mushrooms that grow, make you grow and... Giant and, turtles. And going up and down big pipes. It doesn't make any sense. It's it's a fever dream. It's That's the problem with it. It's fun in a video game. It makes so much sense in a video game, but you take it out of context, and it's like you ate one of those mushrooms. Yeah.
1: It's <laughs> the Japanese going, here's a plumber. Americans know a plumber. Now let's make it weird. <laughs> it's like, okay. Thanks, Japan. Like, yeah. The game's awesome,
0: but I don't know what they're going to do in this movie. I'm waiting for them to do the Tetris game. <laughs> Oh, that'd be
1: hilarious. Uh I don't know if they tried to course correct, but there is also a second headline involving Chris Pratt, and that is he's also going to be the voice of the animated Garfield movie that's coming out in twenty twenty
0: two. They're doing that again? They are doing that. Oh, it's again. animated though. Yes. It's not like the Bill Murray atrocity that
1: he does have a low bar to hurdle over, yeah. and that's that they made two live action Garfield well, live action CGI Garfield movies with Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. man.
1: But, see, I buy Chris Pratt as more of a Garfield that's true. than I do as a Mario. Yeah, that's true. The good news for this is that it's being uh, written by the guy that wrote Finding Nemo, David Reynolds. It's being directed by Mark Dindle, who did Chicken Little, an old classic animated movie that I have strong feelings for.
0: <laughs>
1: and then both of those guys have worked together on Disney's The Emperor's New Groove, which is one of my favorite oh, Disney movies
0: yeah. of all time. Hmm. So them going with Garfield? I don't okay, know. We'll see. It's events. I mean... Garfield has a vibe to it, or had a vibe to it. You can get me talking all kinds of stuff about Garfield. Uh, Jim Davis just has other people draw it now and sold out everything and just collects his paychecks. But anyway, yes. And some of the funny stuff in the world is the Garfield without Garfield.
1: Yeah, it's just John
0: sitting around having existential crisis. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's the other thing I was going to ask you. Like, have you seen the meme that they've taken Garfield on now where he's like, almost like a Cthulhu eldritch terror that lives with John. Oh, no. He's like a a demon. And it's (laughs) like instead of being Garfield without Garfield, it's now Garfield is this demonic presence that messes (laughs) with John. And it gets real weird, but it also gets really silly. Oh, that's funny. I don't know if they'll nod to that at all. I don't think they should acknowledge that side of the Internet. But if they do, it'd be hilarious to be like, oh, it's evil Garfield. Is that still in papers?
0: Are there still newspapers? Yes. It's still in papers.
1: The Sundays are are kind of terrible. I don't know if I got old or the comics got bad, but it's kind of mm. rough going through the Sunday funnies these days.
0: Because when I was a kid, I used to have like the Garfield books and everything. I loved, I loved me some Garfield, absolutely. But yeah, hmm.
1: you will be happy to know the final detail on the Garfield movie that I have is that creator Jim Davis is on board as executive producer.
0: Oh, that just means that he, he wants did, the paycheck. Yes, <laughs> that just means like if you want to do Garfield, you got to pay me.
1: Hey, it kind of fits in. Yeah. And this is just a silly to follow up our Garfield Mario Brothers news and lead me into a question I have for you, but they're making a Barbie movie, too.
0: Okay. Is it live action?
1: It is live action. Oh. And Margot Robbie is playing Barbie. Okay. Opposite Ryan Gosling as Ken, which I guess that's that's like just a bank shot right there. That's just easy casting.
0: <laughs> Why would they do that? Why would they do that? I mean, I because they get paid, I'm sure. Yeah. But golly, I mean... The best the best Barbie stuff I ever saw was the Barbie stuff in Toy Story. Exactly. That stuff was great. They gave homage to the actual, like, I mean, it's an iconic action figure
1: or doll, however you want to yeah. phrase it, toy, because Barbie's been around forever, mm-hmm. you know, and Toy Story played with it, but also did a good job of it.
0: I know. So uh, this live action stuff, <laughs> again, this is like, okay, the it's just classic. Everything's so marketing. And- That's it. It's like, why don't you just make a story of some woman doing something? There you go. But no, No. it's going to be Barbie.
1: Uh, Here's more speculation on my part. Um, It is going to be written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Do you know that name at all? No. Uh, She got famous for sort of of slice-of-life drama movies. Uh, She was involved in a movie called Lady Bird, and she helped out on Little Women that they redid in 2019. Okay. So putting that name together with Barbie, I don't think this is going to be like a live action Barbie goes on adventure movie. Yeah. I think this may be more along the lines of Finding Neverland or a Saving Mr. Banks Mm. or whatever that Michael Keaton McDonald's movie is where it's Mm. about the creator. And then we get like montages of Barbie stuff, maybe. really
0: Interesting. Yeah. Because when I hear stuff like this, my brain goes straight to like. Early two thousands, yeah, where it would just be like bubble gum and just like
1: like the Josie and the Pussycats type yes. movie. It's like we have this property. Let's yes. let's have them go on yes. um, high jinks. Yeah, yes. It may end up being that, but seeing who's involved, I think we're gonna get something a little bit more dramatic and interesting. But hmm.
0: interesting.
1: Either way, Margot and Robbie and Ryan Gosling. I'll watch the. I'll see, they seem like they have good chemistry. I can watch them yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. But the question that I did want it, that to lead up to is. In your mind, is there an action figure you grew up that doesn't have, like, a media property to it? Like a movie that's been made out of it that you'd like to see?
0: Okay, action figures I had growing up. I played with Star Wars toys, but they came from a movie in the first place. Yeah. I played with G.I. Joes, and they made a bunch of bad movies about that. (laughs) I played with um, He-Man, and they made bad movies about that. True. And uh, there's that new reboot animated show that I haven't bothered watching, but I heard it's not bad. Okay. And what else did I play with?
1: Transformers.
0: Transformers. They did that. You know what they haven't done? You know, something I used to play with. uh, I don't even know if you know about it, but they used to have these toys. They they were called Mask.
1: Oh, it was an abbreviation, though.
0: Yeah, but I don't know what it was for.
1: Military Assault Service Kids?
0: (laughs) I don't know what it was. But it was like these... They were like smaller-sized action figures. They weren't... They were like littler. I don't know how, what the scale was exactly. Mm -hmm. But they were smaller-sized, and they had like these little helmet mask things they put on and they kind of had, they sat in these, they had vehicles that kind of transformed. Yeah, yeah. There was a cartoon to sell it. and
1: It was like hyped up. It was like G.I. Joe turned up a little bit, like a little bit cooler vehicles, cooler weapons.
0: Yeah, and I can't tell you much about it. I just remember having a bunch of them and thinking they were cool. There you go. And playing with them. And I remember there was like kind of like a motorcycle that turned into a helicopter in it, I think. Awesome. That's perfect for
1: a movie. Yeah. Then you could put that in Mission Impossible and people would buy that.
0: Yeah. I remember thinking that was, I think that was my favorite toy of Mask, if I remember correctly. There you anyway, go. Anyway, if you're listening out there and you know Mask, let us know if I'm right, that there was a motorcycle that turned into a helicopter.
1: And we're we're putting it out in the ether. Maybe we'll see a Mask movie or series. Yeah. It'd be awesome. For me, I have to say, uh, do you ever hear of Exo Squad? I've mentioned it once or twice on the podcast, but it was a lesser-known '90s cartoon. Mm, yeah. It's essentially take that GI Joe formula again, but this time put it as a group of soldiers in space, and they're all in command of their own personal vehicles that are like the old utility mech suit from Alien. You remember the big yellow thing Ripley had? Oh yeah. It's like that, but everybody has their own ones, and they've got like rockets and guns and all that attached to it, so they can go fight alien planets. Wow! And it's a group of about six soldiers that you get to know and love. JT Marsh was their captain. Don't think we're gonna ever get a movie of that, but the series is now streaming on Peacock, so uh, go check it out. Oh, okay, that's cool. As we were listing the action figure movies, you had me thinking maybe this is another video game curse where it's just like you can't really do it.
0: Yeah, the you mean? Well, I mean,
1: Star Wars counts, but you know, no,
0: Star Wars is the other way around. Though. Yeah, the action figures came after the
1: property, yeah. but properties based on action figures, GI Joe, Transformers.
0: Yeah, I don't some know.
1: people like that first Transformer movie a lot, though. For what you can see happening on the screen, come on, Michael Bay, just oh, slow down I... the camera once, <laughs> and not for a slow-mo explosion. We've it, seen it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. He has like, like, keep it blurry; you'll never worry, or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I believe it. It's Even like if the... it's not his quote, it seems like he's something he'd do. <laughs>
1: That's Michael Bay. Yeah,
0: if you, if you can't see the details, you you
1: don't get you don't get thrown out of it. I guess. Yeah, I know.
0: Oh. Give you motion sickness in those movies.
1: <laughs> but Optimus Prime's voice in those movies was real cool. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, hey, it's fun. The last bit of fun movie news is I didn't even know if this was a thing, but apparently it is a thing, and it's now been named. Is that Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is getting a sequel? And oh. it's called Spider Man Across the Spider Verse. Oh, cool. Are they going to do a Beatles song reimagined for the theme? Mm. I can only hope. Let so, but... It has been officially titled uh, We Have Returning. Uh both Smeek Moore and Haley Steinfeld are set to return as Miles Morales and Gwen Stacy. Mm-hmm. The fir- which is great because the first movie, those characters, those voices, the whole thing was awesome. It was so good. That
0: movie was so good.
1: I, I didn't know this. It won a Golden Globe, a BAFTA, and an Academy Award mm-hmm. in the year that it came out. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well deserved.
1: Absolutely. The nerdy way that the internet found out about the new title for the sequel is that they scoured LinkedIn and found a listing for a job posting for a computer effects supervisor. They, they were looking to hire somebody to work. And they said, hey, we're looking for somebody to work on Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. And nerds were like, wait, is that the title of the sequel? And apparently it's true.
0: Oh, man.
1: That's so funny. Way to go, nerds.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Phil Lord is also coming back as producer. And he, the only tidbit he had to add was that Japanese Spider-Man, Spider-Man uh, is also showing up. And it can be assumed that Oscar Isaac, who was the voice of the secret scene at the end of Spider-Man 2099, might be back as well.
0: Subad sub-a-d-man. <laughs> subadman. Is that how you say it?
1: Spu-a-d- it's it's written like it's
0: Subadaman.
1: Yeah. Supedeman? Subideman. It's written like we shouldn't be saying it, but it's S-U-P-A-I-D-A-M-A-N.
0: Supedeman. Yeah.
1: I think he's the, the Spider-Man with like the samurai garb. Hmm. But anyway, more Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse mm. world stuff. I am all on board. Oh, but I lied. I have one more movie news because this is oh. silly, silly and quick. Uh, John Cleese from Monty Python. I oh, love yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Jim Jeffries, oh. one of our favorite comedians. Yes. Uh, Rise Darby, the name we might know. Oh, yeah, yeah. All Australians are going to be in a movie called The Great Emu War. What? <laughs> which is it's set in... The Great Emu War is going to be set in Western Australia in 1932, which is apparently... This is a true story. When farmers complain that flocks of emu are eating their crocs and wreaking havoc, they turn to the Australian government, which sends heavily armed divisions of army to wipe out the emu bird. But the flightless fowl proved too clever for the military, which, after several humiliating skirmishes, declares defeat. Really? So in 1932, Australian soldiers got beaten by birds. Oh, my God. And John Cleese and Jim Jim Jeffries and Rise Darby
0: are going to make a movie about it. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I cannot <laughs> wait. Out of every single thing yes. that you just said, of all these movies, <laughs> including the Star Wars stuff, yes, can I have it now? I want it now. It, it's
1: it will be coming out May of next year, so you have to wait a little <sighs> bit. But in the meantime, you get to research. I, I didn't know that. I had no idea this was a moment in history.
0: I want to look that up, but I also want to know what everybody's doing in it. Like I can. Uh, I Jim just, Jeffries is totally like the grunt soldier that's like... He's got to be somebody in it, but I can see them with, you know, those Australian, like, hats that with the one, the brim folded up on the side oh, that yeah, their yeah. army guys wear. Kind of the crocodile dundee. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then, like, uh, John Cleese has to play some kind of crazy general or something. It'd be great, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Because uh, he's old. That's
0: it. But, oh, my gosh. But
1: what if he's, like, John Cleese also seems like the old military general that would is the only one not underestimating the emus. He's like... Got to be careful, lads. The birds will get you. I saw a bird back in 1918.
0: Well, you know, it's perfect, too. No, but it's perfect because, oh, you know what? Oh, man, I really hope. I'm all speculating, but I really hope because back then, Australia was still part of the United Kingdom. It was a commonwealth. It was under their control. It wasn't its own country. And John Cleese is the age that... And John Cleese is British, so maybe he's like an actual like, like a British... Yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe he'll be all, like, stuffy and pompy and have the pith helmet and...
1: <laughs> Big old walrus mustache, yeah. Oh, man.
0: I want it. And we know
1: from our, our, our fellow Kiwi, uh, Taiki Watiti, when they do historical stuff, Australians have a knack, and New Zealanders, I don't mean to lump them together, apologies, but both of them seem to have a knack for having a really good grasp of history mm-hmm. and doing it well and making it a little silly. Mm-hmm. So if it's anything like that, whoo, Exciting. Yeah, I totally hope we get John Cleus in a pith hat and a mustache. <laughs> Indubitably I say. <laughs> what do you mean? They're only flightless birds. What do you mean you can't find them? <laughs> They've defeated you. Are you serious? <laughs> is it the thing behind the bird? Sir, it is the bird. <laughs> you can just pull so you could just pull Money Python know, right out there. Right. I have to bring this up again. There's been more headway on the debate versus streaming versus movie theaters, which we've talked about oh, a little no. bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Civic Science, which is a data analyst company, surveyed 60,000 U.S. adults. Oh. and found they started off asking them when they would be comfortable going back to theaters. The mm-hmm. good news is, uh, more than the majority, 54% said they'd be happy to go back to the theaters within mm-hmm. the next three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. 30% would prefer to wait till the end of the year. mm mm-hmm. What's interesting, though, is that they did another survey, and they found that seventy-one percent of adults would prefer to watch something at home over going out to a theater ever again. Well, oh. we're only with only twenty-three percent saying they prefer to go to a theater than
0: watch something at home. Okay, first of all, I want to say they're lazy because they just want to s- stay in their house, yeah, sit in their house. But that's—I don't think that's what it is. I think that is an indictment of how bad most movie theaters are. I believe it. And what I mean by bad is I mean by we have the luxury of here in the Dallas Fort Worth area where we live. Mm -hmm. We have Alamo draft houses and we have some other like of these like I don't know what to call them. They're theaters that are run differently. They're almost like boutique theaters. Yeah. They're almost like boutique theaters and they have a lot of rules of if you pull your phone out, you're out of here. And if you talk. You're out of here, That's and then they'll boot you. And I've seen them boot people before. Alamo's the best when it comes to that. And if you go to what I what I'm call now a regular movie theater, a classic Cineplex, yep, for the most part, it's really the phones that have ruined it. I believe it. Because people pull out their phones, the the light is bugging you. You're trying to watch a movie. People are talking on their phones. That's it. People have just gotten so selfish and rude. It seems. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah, that that that's what and the theaters are just like, whatever. I think that's why people don't like going to the theater. It's a it's a drag to go to theaters like that because I live so close to an Alamo draft house. That's pretty much where we go. Yes. And when I've had to go to another theater that was like a regular theater, it's like, oh, that's a horrible experience. It's disappointing. Yeah, It's very disappointing. And I would much rather be home watching it. So it makes me think that 70-whatever percent of people live near regular traditional theaters.
1: Or, yeah, that's all they have access to. That's what I'm saying.
0: So they're comparing the two. Yeah. And if I'm comparing the two, you know, regular sticky floor (laughs) run by teenagers. Yeah. The the manager is like your kid's age. Bad lighting, weird sound. Yeah. One of those theaters... Versus staying at home, I'm picking home all day. You can stay in your pajamas, right? But if you're gonna give me like an Alamo Drafthouse or one of these other, there's tons of cinemas that are like this. Yeah. Versus staying home, I'd much rather go to the Alamo Drafthouse.
1: Yeah. And I think it because we have something special like that that mm-hmm. makes us a little biased. But I'm with you. Uh, what I think this may mean that I, <laughs> I have so many tangents because I am guilty of being at home. And if a movie's slow, I'll pull out my phone. You know. But I'm I'm an old enough nerd to know. That's not what you do in a movie theater. Yeah, right, right, right. But if this trend continues, I could see two things happening. One, Hollywood's going to follow the movie and only do movies that are sure bets, which Mm -hmm. means we'll get more of the same of what has already worked. Not really a good thing. But it also means that they might have to make an effort to get people out of their seats into cooler theaters. So it might mean we get cooler theaters and we get movies that are more of an event Mm -hmm. like I have not seen it yet because I'm waiting for a theater, but Dune is buzzing in the headlines right now Mm -hmm. because it's the most recent movie theater event. You can watch it at home, but people say, hey, this is the one you should go to a theater for. And if we're getting more of that, I think that's cool because movies should be an event, not like, oh, it's Tuesday. What came out this week? Mm -hmm. You know? I've lived that lifestyle and it's cool, but then you end up watching a lot of trash. Mm -hmm. So if more people are staying home, that means the studios might have to fight harder to get people out. Mm -hmm. So
0: They also, you said they surveyed adults too. Uh, Yes. Yeah, well, um, the teens still like going to the theaters because they get away from their parents. and It's dark and you You can never give up that. Yeah, no, that's that's what's going to keep them alive.
1: Uh, That's an excellent point. Okay, civic service, you have to go back and interview some teens. We got to get the correct numbers on these. Yeah. That's seventy-one percent.
0: I know it's a shame. It's a shame.
1: But like I mean, like you were saying, the points you made are all justifiable. Yeah. So I, I was more I was more gonna, outraged before you talked to me. Yeah, theater's going to
0: get better. They uh, just going to get better.
1: Oh, I love it. But speaking of the small screen at home, I do have one headline for television. This is more for me, but it's also me pitching this to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're ba- we're building a, a TV show off a book, which has way more history of success than video games and action figures, like we were talking about. But They're making a series based off the Hugh Howey books called Wool, W-O-O-L. Why I'm bringing this up to you is that Wool sort of exists in a fallout world. Here's the the premise of Wool. It is dystopian future. Mm -hmm. Nuclear war has happened or some catastrophe Mm -hmm. that they only really get into later Mm -hmm. has happened. It's a thing. As a refuge, people have taken to these huge like grain silos, but they're like hundreds of stories tall and they go into the ground. Mm. So essentially they're living on like a dune desert planet, but then there's these silos full of refugees mm-hmm. like Vault from fallout. And as the story progresses, we find we bond with the cast of characters in one vault and find out how they communicate with the outside world. What happens when things go wrong? You know, if it is the end of the world, the time is almost up. You know, when they say we can come out, can we come out stuff like that, mm-hmm. that fallout it's the, a lot of similar areas that fallout treads. Mm-hmm. So I I love that premise. I love the books. The books are excellently written. So I have good hopes for this series, especially because we got people like Rebecca Ferguson from Mission Impossible, Tim Robbins from Shawshank Redemption, Rashida Jones, the lovely Rashida Jones, Mm. and uh, David Aiollo from Selma, and Common the Rapper from John Wick. So a a, a nice cast of characters, some heavy-hitting talent in there. So we will see how it goes. I've never heard of Wool before in my life. Uh, it's a series of four books. It came out uh, 2002, I think was the first one, early oh. 2000. But the books are excellent. If you want to start there and get a head start, again, that's Hugh Howey. Uh, nice mm. alliteration on the name, so I'm already a fan. I think that's why I picked
0: <laughs> it up. I think I do want to check those out.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because uh, there's a little bit of Alien in there in the vibe and tone. There's mm. Fallout, like I'm saying. It's dystopian sci-fi. Mm. It hits most of the buttons we like. Mm. The series is going to be written by Graham Yost, was on Justified. That's a good thing. And directed by Morton Tilden, who did The Imitation Game with Benedict Cumberbatch. So it's two guys that seem like they know how to handle serious, gritty, but also weird or slightly dark, Mm -hmm. which that's what the series hits on. So it's coming to Apple TV along, you know, that's been doing Ted Lasso and Foundation. Uh, But it's set for production next year. That's not to say it'll be released next year. It is still majorly in the works. But in the meantime, you can read those books. And then a silly, just for us to get us out for our nerd alerts for this week, Rockstar has come out and said that while they are having a whole bunch of trouble getting GTA 6 out of the the pipeline, they've made GTA 5 like 10 times for four different consoles by now, (laughs) Uh, the good news is that they are redoing, along with redoing Grand Theft Auto, they're redoing Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Oh. So... If that means that we're getting more of what we love about Red Dead 2, which we've said numerous times is a masterpiece of a video game, that's nothing but excitement for me. I did play the first one, did love it, but if they give it the old Red Dead 2 treatment, whoo boy.
0: Yeah, I saw some of the remaster stuff they were showing with the original Grand Theft Auto. Is that what they did? Yeah, they redid the original trilogy. And it actually looks... I mean, sometimes when they do remaster stuff, it's like, Yeah.
1: yeah... It's a reskin, you know, yeah. But
0: it actually looks really good. Yeah, yeah. They did a really good job. So, yeah, I think that the a lot of people are so grumpy about the GTA 6 delays, but I think that they're being really smart about it because especially after what happened with Cyberpunk. That's true. I think that they're like, okay, we better make sure that this thing is ready to go yep. when we put it out. And I think everyone needs to be more patient because impatience leads to that disaster we had with cyberpunk
1: yeah you know it.
0: and like no one even talks about that game anymore
1: oh uh, it was it was here and done and yeah, yeah. Uh, which is crazy it had so much hype coming yeah. up before
0: and from what i understand it's mostly is a lot of it's fixed and a lot of it's better but no one cares anymore because of the the first impression was so terrible that people aren't even giving it a chance
1: Yeah. Uh, Another game that I know of that had a similar thing was No Man's Sky. Yeah. There was so much uh, hype for that. They were saying it's revolutionary, but I guess they pushed it too early. Mm -hmm. People love that game now. Like, I hear so many good things about it, but it had such a backlash for being a broken game when it first came out that fans were just like, nope, on to the next thing.
0: Yeah. The same thing happened with Anthem. Anthem was a game that I I picked up because they put it on sale or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And. It was really good, and it was really fun, but by the, that time, hardly anyone was playing it, and they just pulled the plug on the server or, or the whatever, yeah. updates or something. Mm-hmm. It's, like, done now, which is a shame because that game had so much potential and was so fun, but you need, when it's a multiplayer game, you need players. That's it. And if no one's showing up, it's no fun. But, hey, you and
1: the, uh, the creator of Super Mario and a big head at uh, Nintendo, Miyamoto... Mm-hmm. You you guys are similar mind. He's he has a famous quote that says, A delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. Yeah. Yeah. Smart, smart maple. Yeah. Uh but like like you said, there are some screenshots and updates for what Rockstar is doing with the update for their original GTA trilogy. And if that's the kind of work they're putting into GTA, it makes me super excited for Red Dead One, especially because it seems like the whole cast and people involved with Red Dead Two are still to this day interacting with fans on Twitter, mm-hmm. and enjoying like the the game that they made. I'm pretty sure you can get most of those people back to put another quality effort in for Red Dead One mm-hmm. and give it the love it deserves.
0: Yeah, I think they're being smart. Rockstar is one of, them. I mean, for all the hate and trouble they they get, they're they're pretty pro in what they're doing. That's true. So
1: yeah, I just I I only think of like the internet being. If you look at how many consoles gta 5 has come out on Mm -hmm. you're like okay i get it but that seems a little excessive like yeah but are you just gonna keep putting it out like the same game (laughs) what's different oh nothing okay yeah so as long as they're not doing that stuff totally for it i get it
0: yeah i mean golly i played gta 5 so long ago yeah because i don't know when it came out how many years ago was that um the original release date for
1: GTA 5 was September 17th, 2013.
0: Right. Okay, so 8 years ago. That, okay, that's why anytime I think about GTA 5, I think it's like 3? Yeah. or 4?
1: Cuz it's 8 years old.
0: Yeah. I always want to say, "I haven't played the latest GTA," but <laughs> I
1: have. <laughs> you just forgot that the latest GTA is still the latest GTA. Yeah.
0: I mean, technically there's the GTA Online which True. is the, is the latest gta
1: but that's an online component of
0: five exactly just like fallout seventy six is fallout four that's it online <gasps> so
1: <laughs> yeah eight years I think that's long enough to make a good gta game but again there's yeah. there's an interesting story on the you know it is having its troubles you can go read about on yeah. the details but yeah well video games are hard to make man oh absolutely, and so many people involved yeah I mean, a movie, you just got to film people doing stuff. In a video game, you got to animate them and put in animations and then bug test it and Mm -hmm. then make sure you don't make nerds angry.
0: (laughs) That's the worst part. (laughs) Don't want to make us angry. Don't make that nerds angry. You wouldn't like us when we're angry. angry. We get
1: really snivelly and nasally. (laughs) We turn green, but not
0: for Hulk reasons. Just more outrage. Well, we hope we didn't make you angry with our nerd alerts.
1: (laughs) No, we're talking cartoons. There's so much cool stuff. And uh, Hey, if anything, just know that There was a pack of emus out there that defeated Australian soldiers. That can be your happy
0: point for this episode. (laughs) Birds won. I can't believe that's a real story. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have to look that up. We also want to remind you guys, you heard it up at the top, but we're going to be at Anime Dallas the 12th through the 14th. Yeah. That's at the Hyatt in the airport, the DFW Airport Hyatt. Uh, We will see you out there.
1: Ooh, I'm so ready.
0: Yes. Yes. So we hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We want to thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Please let us know what you think. You can hit us up on the social medias at AssumingPod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can send us a Gmail, assumingpositions at gmail.com. Dot com. Every week I ask Mikey, Mikey, how would you like the Gmail formatted? I
1: want, I want your email as is, is an audio file. And I want you to say whatever critique you have in Mario voice. <laughs> <laughs> if Chris Pratt can do it, so can you. So I want to hear your best Mario. <laughs> <laughs> It's-a me, a Mario. its me. I have a complaint. Uh, it's me, the ball.
0: <laughs> I like I your podcast <laughs> so much. Uh, I what? give it a five-star. Uh. Wow. <laughs> 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 So thanks so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy Brad for doing our announcing Not Scott Productions for our Equipment, Jazz for our music, and we hope you guys have a great rest of the week. We will see you guys next week with some fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Nerd nerd nerd
0: nerd. Nerd alerts, nerd alerts. Oh did- it did Nerd 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 it- it nerd 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 nerd. <laughs> nerd, nerd, nerd 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 nerd. Alerts, alerts. <laughs>